is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Inferno Insider Podcast. I'm RJ. I'm Tyler. Today we have a very special guest. We have the most winningest coach in ASU history, Coach Charlie Thorne. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, guys. So we're going to go right into the questions. I don't think we need to have too much of a background on who you are. Um, Tyler, why don't you start with that? Yeah, let's do it. First of all, thank you so much for joining us. This is yeah, an thanks awesome for having opportunity me. for no, all of us and for pleasure. people to get to hear your story. So the first one we got, tell us a little bit about your story before coming to ASU. Before coming to ASU, um, grew up in LA, latchkey kid, loved sports, worked hard, got a scholarship to Stanford, played a little basketball, got a couple degrees, tested the waters for being a sports psychologist, mm -hmm. got a gig coaching, 30 years later, I'm still coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of degrees, no big deal. Um, yeah, so I guess, is that is that... Is that enough or, yeah, I mean, in the, in the middle there, you know, I got married, have three kids and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I coached at NAU first for three years before I uh, came down the hill. That was my first head coaching job. Do you remember when you first wanted to get, or even start playing basketball or like what that full experience was like? So I hate this word, tomboy, but I was, yeah. you know, I was definitely coined a tomboy when I was a kid. I was closer in age with my brother than my sister. So I would okay. follow him around you know, play Army, play G.I. Joes. I didn't have Barbies and, and play sports, but I loved it. I was a very active kid, and so just kind of grew up being active, playing sports um, my whole life. And uh, in high school, you know, basketball, softball, but I always kind of had a extra passion for basketball and, and, you know, was very blessed to get an opportunity to play in college and, you know. Here you are. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly, pretty much. Did you always kind of have coaching in mind? Or no. No, actually, it's funny. I was talking with my former player, Sophia Lenga, who's broadcast journalism major, and we were talking about her future, and she's like, Joyce, you know, play? I said, no, <laughs> definitely not. I mean, I was thinking sports psychologists. I was thinking in the sports room, and the I stuck into a, full disclosure, I snuck into this conference. Uh, I drove down with this tennis player from Stanford, and we snuck into a sports psychology conference in Huntington Beach, and I, I and I, we tracked down like the pioneers of sports psychology because way back then in the Stone Age, um, you know, it was still relatively new. And, and we said, what's the best route? And he said, well, get your clinical psych degree, which is a five-year degree. And the average age getting into those programs is 27. So when I graduated, I had done a little research at Stanford, but I didn't have the credentials. So I was like testing the waters between, you know, really academia and that and, and maybe coaching because that was my job every summer as a basketball player. I would just work go up and down California, work basketball camps, make a little money train, make a little money train. And, and I did love it. So, I mean, I had such an amazing experience at the University of Washington as a graduate assistant coach. Um, and then I got offered a job to Santa Clara University after my first year. And then I said, no, I've made a two-year commitment. I want to finish my master's degree. So after the second year, that coach called me again. I was like, Okay. I'm tired of asking for money from my parents, right? <laughs> I'm like, I want to make money. So, yeah, and here I am, still doing it. What was ASU and the women's basketball program here like before you got here? Well, um, so, I mean, we had had some good years and some good program, um, some good players, big-time great coaches. But the three years before I got there, it really struggled. Um, I was the head coach at NAU, which – was terrible when I got there. They had won nine games in three years or something like that. So, but my second and third year at NAU, we beat ASU by 20 home and away. So we were struggling. You know, we didn't quite have the talent. Um, I kind of joke about this when I got here. We go into the weight room and, you know, Rich Winter, who's still here as our strength conditioning coach, unbelievable strength conditioning coach, our players are doing like sets of push ups and they're on their knees. 
And I just look at him and I go, like, what are they doing? Like, you know, it was, it, we just weren't at any sort of level that we needed to be at. And Kevin White, who hired me, just said, Charlie, graduate everybody, you know, help them. And they were wonderful women. And, you know, we, we did. And we just kind of, you know, did it like the hard way. You know, didn't run anybody off and try to t poach any players. We just year by year kind of built our recruiting up and put a pretty good program. Yeah. Yeah, so how have you seen the sport and the culture around ASU, specifically for your team, kind of change throughout the years? Well, hopefully, I mean, the sport has certainly grown. I mean, you know, we yeah. we have a Pac-12 network, right? I mean, the, every game's on TV, and, and you know, I think the the growth of many sports, but in particular college women's basketball, has been really fun. You know, the notoriety that the players get, the resources that they get, you know, is just not comparable to 20 years ago. So that's fantastic. And I think, you know, culture-wise, I mean, I don't know if you're referring more to the community or more towards just, like, obviously we build a strong culture. Of, and, you know, when we recruit young women to ASU, we talk about one of the biggest things we're about is giving back to the community, using basketball as a vehicle to, you know, inspire young kids, to become a better person, to grow yourself after basketball because there is no multi-million dollar contract for women yet um, or, you know, maybe ever. And even then your body gives out and then you have to prepare for the rest of your life. So um, we're really about that here with our program. It's really a comprehensive experience and way beyond. I mean, basketball is, of course, fun and exciting and we win. But, you know, we, we definitely want to prepare our women and, and we usually, you know, find young women from families that really care about the, you know, giving back to their community, like, you know, young women that um, understand what it means to be a Sun Devil. You know, it's not just show up and compete, you know, be the best that you can be in everything that you do. Um, you know, our academic accolades are off the chain, really, compared to the rest of the Pac-12. And really nationally, I mean, we do really well. And that's strategic based on who we recruit, but it's also our culture here of, you know, it's not just get by and play basketball. Yeah. So. so I brought up a little bit in the beginning. You have 500 wins under your belt now. If you could go back and relive one game, just one game. You mean redo? Because I have a lot of games I would redo. <laughs> oh, that would be endless, the games that I would like to re-coach and, you know, things – Every coach, I don't know, for me, like, I just beat myself up, you know, after games. Like, if what it could have, should have, you know, you go back on the tape that night and, oh, maybe, I, you know, we should, I should have subbed here. Or, you know, I didn't recognize that or, or whatever it is. Um, in terms of just, you know, joy moments, um, you know, we've had a lot. We've had a lot. I think, you know, one that was way back um, was our first Pac-10 championship. It was actually at the University of Oregon, uh, the Pac-12 Pac-10 tournament, and we beat Stanford in the championship. Matter of fact, the shirts were the, the Stanford color red because no one thought we were going to win. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yeah, wow is right, Tyler. It's like, yeah, that's not our color. Uh, but anyway, it was an amazing win. We were down, came back, and, um, you know, we kind of, you know, we're a little jilted all year long. You know, we had a good year, and it's sort of like, you know, yeah, yeah, and Arizona State, and Arizona State, and you know, I thought that team just, you know, was incredible the way they kind of overcame and, you know, have a little maybe chip on their shoulder in terms of, um, you know, don't don't tell us we can't do that. That was my fifth year here. Yeah, so my fifth year here we won, I think, fifth or sixth. 
you know, cause we want, we want a Pac-10 championship and then we want a Pac-10 tournament championship kind of back to back. Um, but that was, you know, that was our, probably the first huge accomplishment, you know, coming in, you know, really, really bad, <laughs> a, a long ways to go. Yeah. There's something that you brought up and it's about kind of how you beat yourself up after a game. Have you been able to kind of figure out how to deal with that or is that still something that you do face every single day? That's a really good question, RJ. I don't like that question because I, I'm almost ashamed, I'm not ashamed, but like I should be better at it. I, I you know, I, I don't, I should be better at it. I'm not, you know, I, I, but I guess that's, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of us that want to be great, you know, I want to be great for my players. I want to be great for my staff. I want to be great, you know, for them. And if I fall short, you know, I'm pretty, pretty hard. I'm much harder on myself than anybody around me. Like I'm not one of these coaches like, rah, rah, rah. it's like, okay, you know, evaluate and adjust. Uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, amazing interview with him that I share with our team the week before he passed is uh, kind of surreal. Um, there's no such thing as failure. It's a figment of your imagination. You know, it's just, it's about figuring things out. And so, so that's our approach here. I, I wish I was better. At I mean, I, I think I am after I process a little bit, but you know, there's people, the other thing he said, you know, he was asked, do you fear failure or, you know, do you um, hate to lose or, you know, love to win? And he's like, neither, you know, neither. No, neither of those are a way to approach the game. I'm out there in the moment, you know, you know, performing and, and again, kind of figuring things out and stuff like that. So I'm trying to be more like that. It's the, it's the what if factor. You know, you always you look back, especially if you have to look back and take. Well, now you you know you have everything. You have like every, you, every you know, like we didn't we didn't pour over every inch of every film yeah. like 20 years ago. Now, you know, you're really you can, and it's in your face. It's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's I mean I like it because I think it helps me help myself and my players better. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of amazing I've made it this long because I I do internalize stuff and get disappointed in myself when we are not we are not successful but i am working on that rj so i think that's the powerful part about this right i think all of us have that, that disappointment that regret every once in a while see yourself an amazingly successful coach kind of go through the same things that some of us go through too i think that's just powerful yeah well agreed thank you yeah i'm i'm definitely don't have that mastered i i really you know like everything you teach about positive and present and just you know next play and everything it's it's that's the million dollar question in life that whole mindfulness of you know if we could all just master that man it would be a beautiful world <laughs> you know we'd all just be get rid of all the anxiety and and tension and hate and stuff i think if we could yeah and you know the the beauty of sports and and the and the i think the agony of sports is just the highs and the lows you know and it's just part of it and you know we you know college sports even though it's big business and Everything's very out there for people to, you know, critique and stuff. It's college sports. You know, it's a game. It's it's a it's an opportunity to learn and grow and and become a better person. And I truly believe, like, yeah, you know, going through that it helps build, you know, who you are, but it also reveals who you are. And and we talk about those things all the time. I mean, every pregame talk I give, it's about who we are, not what we do. If we stay true to who we are, we're going to be fine out on the court. And it's true. You know, like when they get disconnected and they kind of get inside themselves, which is not a winning strategy in sports, obviously, then, you know, you don't, 
get the get they don't get the results they want. So it's yeah. Anyway. Well, um, on a more positive note, you. <laughs> that's a positive note. It is a positive. Note. Yeah, that's good stuff there. That's you know that's helping every, all of us here. Yeah. So you have in your time here, you practically rewritten the record books for academic accolades, uh, Pac-12 wins, consecutive tournament wins. I mean, the list goes on. What of all those are you most proud of? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I think, obviously, I mean, it's, it's really for the players to be proud of their accomplishments and stuff, and getting to be a part of everything that's happened here has been, you know, really rewarding. It's hard to choose. I mean, I don't have a job if we don't win. So, <laughs> you know, I could say the academic, and but, you know, then, you know, I think it's a combination of all of it, like being able to be top-ranked academically with your GPA, but then also go to a Sweet 16. Like, that is that really represents so much who we are. Thanks, Rashawn. Um, that, that really reflects kind of who we are, not just one or the other, but all of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so transitioning a little bit off the court, we kind of brought this up a little bit ago about giving back to the community. <laughs> what motivates you to be so actively, so actively be active beyond I mean, that's, I don't know that I would be doing this, you know, if, I mean, that's one of the most rewarding things about my job. You know, like I could go and I can help people somewhere else and I will probably after I'm done coaching. But one of the most rewarding parts of my job is that, like I have this platform to go serve people, to inspire people. They actually maybe care, you know. <laughs> I always tell my players, I joke with them, they get this small window, people want your autograph, they actually listen to you. So take advantage of it. So we do here. We really try to take advantage of just being, um, you know, out in the community and trying to you know, motivate young girls, you know, whether it be go to college, play, you know, how hard they need to work, you know, different messages, of course. And, and, and actually through a lot of different communities. Um, you know, we're really, I feel, feel like tight with our, our Native American community in the state of Arizona and trying to support and work with them and, and all the challenges that they have, you know, on the reservation and stuff. So um, that really fills me up. You know, I mean, basketball I love and, you know, tirelessly work to game plan and stuff like that. But the things that you get to do because you're a basketball coach, that I think fills you up as every bit as much as the uh, the triple overtime wins. <laughs> Is there any specific community outreach or something you've done in the community that stood out to you more than anything? You know, I think just, uh, and I don't, <clears throat> the accumulation of everything. Like when we won the Pat Tillman Leadership Award um, years back, and we were the first college team to get it, and we had over 250-some hours of community service that year with that team, like to me, you know, that that body of work, I was really proud of. And we kind of consistently actually do that year in and year out with our team. You know, they're kind of work here year round. <laughs> they, they never go home. No, they do get to go home, but they have summer school. And so, you know, there's different literacy projects, you know, obviously um, Children's Hospital. Um, we have a couple. Um, we, have, we, we have an adopted person adopted player on our team that's uh, part of the Friends of Jacqueline Foundation, which is kids who grew up with uh, brain tumors, and, and those are never resolved, so they constantly are fighting that, and so we've had, we're on our second player that we've adopted, and then we do things, and that's a really cool program that we get to be a part of, 
And we have a little, her name's Jackie, little Jackie, who was just out of game a couple weeks ago. And, um, but I don't know. I mean, there's, we're pretty active. There's a lot of cool things that we get to, you know, I mean, the domestic shelter, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of cool things that we get to, to, uh, you know, go help people and, and serve. And I mean, like, a, like everybody does, you know, I, I think, you know, that's much more rewarding than like signing autographs, you know, like let's go roll up our sleeves and go down to St. Vincent's and serve, um, you know, let's put, put our gloves on and, you know, let's serve food for three hours and things like that. Those are, those are things that honestly, like the players that we recruit to our program love doing that stuff, you know, as much as they love the gear and, you know, the, Everything else that they get, you know, I think that they have um, our women's players really have a great appreciation for the uh, platform, if you will, that they have. So a lot of women, especially those looking, looking to go into the sports industry, um, especially a lot of ones that are here, look up to you um, in terms of your success. Um, mm -hmm. What piece of advice would you have for those, those women that are looking to get into the sports industry? Well, it's incredible, the opportunities now, isn't it? I mean, you know, Cara's with the Boston Celtics. I mean, there's women getting hired on the NBA. Um, yeah, Super, Super Bowl. I mean, you know, pro sports, college sports, um, you know, broadcasting, you know, a lot of crossover now. So it's really, really neat to see, you know, women emerging in all um, the different disciplines within sports. Um, but I would say, like, one of the issues that a lot of women have with, all-consuming careers in sports and not in sports. Let me just say that is just the work-life balance, and that's a huge issue in college women's basketball because our our, our it's not healthy. <laughs> we work every day. I mean, you know, did I work on Christmas? Yes, I watch film on Christmas. I mean, like we just do. You know, did you text all your recruits? You text all your recruits. You know, like you just there's just always stuff to do, and if you want to be really successful, there's not. It's just, it's that type of job. And so that, and there's a lot of jobs like that, you know, and, and I think the pressure sometimes, especially if you're in the good old boys world and stuff to, to maybe work a little harder and stuff is, is real. And I, I, I'm going to say the advice that another, an older coach who had five kids and I had two kids at the time and she's like, so Charlie, you know, you can have another one. And I'm like, ah, you know, you know I, just, I don't know. I mean, I, I said, you know, it's, I, this is my job. And she just kind of smacked me and she said, your job, your job is just a job. You know, don't put that ahead of your family and, you know, fulfilling your life. And I just, I've never forgot that. I've passed that advice on to a lot of people. Doesn't mean that I don't wish I didn't work as much and I had more time with my family, but I just, but I would just encourage the women out there to remember a job is just a job and don't allow it to be all consuming, you know, have balance, you know, and make time to have your relationships outside of work and, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, no regrets sort of rewarding type of life, you know, because that's like in sports, if we're helping athletes around, that's what we're trying to preach, you know, practice what you preach. I don't always, <laughs> again, I'm trying. Yeah. So what's next for you, coach? What are the plans going forward? Oregon, Oregon state this weekend. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I always have said I'm not a lifer. Like, I don't want to coach till I drop. You know, I think that there'll be a point where, you know, it's just time to step away and, 
let the next, you know, generation step, step up and, and then, uh, you know, do something else. I just, I just definitely see myself doing something, helping people. I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but you know, maybe take a month or so off, but, <laughs> but and I don't ever see myself retired, um, ever, but definitely just doing something. The other thing I joked about, I don't know if I should say this, you know, we're, I'm, we're, we're, we're bonding here, all, all access here today. Um, yeah, I just joke with people, well, and your professional success depends on, you know, the mood and will of 18 to 22 year olds. <laughs> I mean, I think next is something that really just depends on me. <laughs> um, but you know, that's also what makes it so fun and so challenging. So I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, you be the judge. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we had for today. Uh, coach, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're the first coach we've ever actually had. This is oh, fantastic. appreciate it, you guys. Thank you. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Inferno Insider Podcast. I'm RJ. I'm Tyler. I'm Charlie. Keep those pitchforks up. Stay tuned for more.